Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Madrigal at the Movies with Rob and Rob. I am one of your hosts, Peter Madrigal. Hey, guys, and I'm director Rob Federick, and I'm excited to be here as always. It's Rob Schulte here, guys, and uh, another epic week for all of us. You know, we we live our lives epically, but now in Madrigal at the Movies, it's not always epic fantasy, but it is in January. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's epic fantasy because we are we are discussing the second movie of the most ep- one of the most epic trilogies of all time, Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers. The Two Towers, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, uh, Rob, what would you give this movie ratings wise? So it's time for the rating. Yeah, yeah. Right. Is it a punchable film or well, or like guys? You know, it is the Two Towers. Yes, I've expressed multiple times you know, with various degrees of violence, what a good movie is and a bad movie is. And I say that because it's the two towers, you need to grab two baseball bats and just whack yourself on the side of each uh, each side of your head. Uh, just once because you need to stay conscious to then watch the movie. So I would say that is the rating. The Lord of the Rings, uh, the two towers is a phenomenal movie in my book. I don't know if you guys agree, but I'm about to find out. I, I totally agree with that. Absolutely. I, I, I think it's well understood with last week's episode oh, yeah. where we stand yeah. on the Lord well, of the Rings. Even when I introduced it just now, I was all like, "This, yeah. is, one of, this is the one of the greatest trilogies of all time." I think, yeah, I think the hype has been set in. So today we'll Absolutely. dive into more of the nitty gritty. But I think right now, guys, it's time for the back of the box. Uh, what's in the box? What's in the fucking box? Back of the box moment. Here we go, gentlemen. I went down to my parents' basement. You know, I've got a, a transport machine to get uh, another box of VHS tapes. Wait, you didn't use, uh, what's it called? You didn't use a Palantir? You didn't use an all-seeing stone to read the back of the box on this one? I should have. I, I was saving that for Return of the King. So um, <laughs> this it may, time, it makes sense. <laughs> this time I, I, I just, you know... I ventured through the mildew and mold and found this one here because obviously I generally watch these digitally. Right. But guys, here's what the back of the Two Towers box says. The fellowship has been broken, but the quest to destroy the One Ring continues. Frodo and Sam must entrust their lives to Gollum if they are to find their way to Mordor. As Saruman's army approaches, the surviving members of the Fellowship prepare for battle. And this special extended edition uh, is beautifully recreated from Peter Jackson and his production team. Fans of the Lord of the Rings will marvel to see this legendary tale presented with such incredible detail in this special edition of the Two Towers. Guys, I forgot I had the extended edition VHS tape. It's like six VHS tapes. That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. I know it is. It's like how many? How much tape can? How much film can fit on one of those tapes from can, Lord of the Rings? Can, can I just say? I think at the end, I forget. It was something like twenty-three miles worth of film. Or something. Yeah. Wow. I forget what it was, but I gotta um, say, got to, to those listening, right? Uh, if you guys don't know already, we're all on different sides. We're on e- each of the coasts of the United States. Peter and I are over in California. Rob resides in New York. But this is an epic first moment in Madrigal at the Movies because we are actually on webcam looking at each other for the first time. So I, this is the first time I've seen Rob read the back of the box. 
and it is quite entertaining i must say it's it is also pretty, pretty awesome. epic yeah it's pretty i am epic. a very i i like to emote i use my hands when i can gentlemen it yes. would just get exciting yes. and yes. uh i love soon it. our listeners will see it too oh, gotta yeah. get the Gotta get them that sweet, sweet bonus content. Yeah. We need to like we need to put we need to put all this on on you know somewhere. Guys, you know how I, I was. I explained it last episode. It's like when Lord of the Rings came out, I couldn't swim and got thrown into a pool. I loved it. I learned how to swim, but like it's a lot coming back to me rewatching these movies uh, with the faculties that I have now, and I loved this. This was fun. But I do feel like I, I got hit up with a little bit of a, wait, where was that? Who was that? What's that name? There's a lot of stuff going on here. But there I could is. still there, ride through the movie. Well, there is a lot of stuff going on. But did you when did you watch this? Did you watch this right after Fellowship or did you give it a time? A I gave it about four days before I watched four it days. again. Okay, I wanted okay. to really let Fellowship sink in yeah. before I Well, I was, I'm curious as to like what parts were you a little confused with i'm 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 curious um i think it was really more remembering the lands of man versus okay. the uh mordor versus saruman and you know uh just it's not that i don't know these people but sometimes when a character is talking about something i had to take a moment and be like, okay, that's connected to this. It's connected yeah. to this person. Um, and it wasn't a problem. I still totally understood the movie, but I was conscious about being like, oh, there's things that I am not retaining or maybe favors someone who's read the book a little bit more. Well, I, but yeah, no, yeah. I think that like Lord of the Rings is just a complex World. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, I think that Peter Jackson did a lot to simplify this world, but there's a lot yeah, of kingdoms, did. just kind of like Game of Thrones. But at least in Game of Thrones, you start to retain it because it's spanned across eight seasons. You know what I mean? Of true about ten episodes, so you're watching a lot. So you you kind of tend to, and you get that phenomenal intro at the beginning of that show where it shows you all the kingdoms. Every episode actually shows you the kingdoms we're going to see in a particular episode. If you didn't know that, yeah, the intro changes. It's not always the oh, same. Oh, okay. You, you always yeah. see the yeah, actual kingdoms that. that you are going to see yeah. on the episode, which is kind of cool. But um, yeah, it's a lot to retain. And it's a lot of names. You understand that uh, J.R.R. Tolkien, for those who don't know, he actually created several languages from scratch, full-on languages uh, for this world of Lord of the Rings. He created primarily Elvish, which is a full language, guys. It is, it is uh, recognized as an actual language uh it's 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 spoken by people like this this is a legitimate language from beginning to end and uh he created that he created all the dwarvish languages and all that stuff. so he went on to create these names based on the language of kind of each kingdom or like sector wow. of the world so you're talking about really complex history here where you know Aemir and Eowyn and all it's just like you you understand that it starts to kind of get blurry so yes rob i fully understand where you're at with that I will say, um, and Peter, I know you're chomping at the bit to jump in here, but just no. one second. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm listening to you guys. I'm curious as to what you guys think about this. It's so much more fun with video. Um, but no, like, yes. Uh, I feel like as much as I can get lost in the language and in the names and in the lore of the thing, that 
proves like how much fun this movie is in the fact that like I did not get confused on story at any point in time. Like right. I knew what was going on. Right. Even if I didn't quite grasp Rohan versus well, what, <laughs> Aragorn's what, friends. I, but I'm gonna jump, you know? I'm gonna piggyback off of what you said. I love this movie, don't get me wrong, but I do I do understand where you're coming from as far as um uh, some of the stuff like just kind of comes at you, you know. It's like, where's yeah. where, where where are they, Rohan? What's that? I didn't see that in the last movie. So, question for you guys, though. Now I need to know. You know, Lord of the Rings is three movies. I always view them as one three part movie, right? Because they're so mm-hmm. cohesively well done, and they were all shot as one movie, so it feels. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you. Th- there. They feel cohesive to me. Um, that like you know no, but it's like what we were talking before about the Matrix, right? You see the first Matrix, and then you watch the Matrix Reloaded and uh, and uh, Revolutions, right? Mm-hmm. Revolutions and Reloaded feel like they're two, like they're one movie split in half, and then there's yeah. the Matrix. Like it, it just feels separate. The same thing with like the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, right? Like the first yep. one stands alone, and then like the other ones kind of feel like they're stitched together, right? I feel like Lord of the Rings was cohesively like it feels like each movie fits together, like the tone, the look, the style. None of it deviates. When you look at The Hobbit, then you deviate a lot. You know what I'm saying? So Mm. at least for me, that's it. So did you guys like The Two Towers more than The Fellowship, less than The Fellowship, equal to The Fellowship? Wow. Um I'm going to answer that question, but then, Peter, I got to know where you disagreed with Rob in that. Uh, yeah, me too. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, so... I, I, I will. I, oh, yeah. I think... I liked this one more as an action film, but okay. not as a, uh epic tale of a film. Okay. You know what I mean? And I think that would go for most strongly worked out trilogies. You know, you have to have elements in your second one that you can't have in your first one. Right. Um, But in terms of like grabbing me and pulling me in, Fellowship did that very well at a like cruise control pace that I was not expecting on a rewatch. Now, Peter, I turn to you. (laughs) Where's my camera? Is this my camera? Yeah. Uh, Peter, um... Tell me what you disagreed with with Rob, and then I would love to know the answer to that question as well. Well, Rob's, R- Rob said that um, that this these three movies look exactly that they they look like one movie, and I will totally disagree with him. I mentioned it uh, on the Fellowship episode that all three movies look totally different. You like think? You, yeah. I can I can show you like But what do you mean? What do you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I'm not talking about style. I'm talking about the look of the movie itself. Yeah, yeah. That's Fellowship what I mean. looks exactly different from Two Towers. Two Towers is way darker. It has a way darker tint around it than mm-hmm. than than the Fellowship of the Ring. But don't I can pull I can pull uh, stills from both movies and you can compare the two and you'd be like, "Oh wow, Peter, you're right." Yeah, but I mean to Two the Towers degree. is a lot more grainy and it, it's a lot more based in um based in realism to me than than the fellowship. The fellowship really? is a little bit more ethereal. Yes. I don't know, man. I feel like yeah. look-wise, they all feel tonally and visually u- not uniform, but they feel they feel cohesive. Like they they no, feel I'm not like, saying that they don't feel cohesive. You know what I mean? Like it's like it's like when you look at the Matrix. Does I, it, no, I under, do you, you understand no, what I mean? I, I know what you mean. They all feel yeah. no, they feel cohesive and they go yeah. together because the same actors, same characters, etc. 
but they look like totally different films. And that's, in other words, my point is, is that stylistically, stylistically, uh, the 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 lighting, the the way the uh, the shots yeah. are are composed, they all look totally different. They look like three movies, different films. This is a war film. Together. Yes, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this movies, is muddy, like they, an old-ass war film. Yeah. My, in my opinion, they are part of the same trilogy, but they all can be standalone movies. That's what I was getting at. Uh, no, I, agree. Okay. I agree with that. Yeah. I just yeah. feel like they... Like, how do I... I don't know how to describe it more. Like, you look at certain sequels. Like like I said, like, you look at The Matrix or the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Like, Pirates of the Caribbean, the first movie, does not look or feel like Dead Man's Chest. Yeah. It, yeah. They, look, yeah. they look and feel vastly different. Like you can see that a lot of time went by and they went with a different aesthetic. Like for me personally, like I can feel that these movies were shot back to back, even though they are different stories and they have their styles to adapt as standalone movies. It looks like it was like part of one long season of a TV show. Do okay. You know what I'm saying like, yeah. that's what I mean. Like that, that's what I'm saying. Like I can understand like, Oh, that's, that's that trilogy. It's, it was all, uniformly together as opposed to the movies that like weren't really intended to be trilogies and then they were like oh it's a trilogy now and then they shot two other films back to back like you can tell no no i i understand completely what you're what you're saying you know dead man's chest and at world's end look like they were shot back to back but for sure but you look at the first pirates and you're like oh that one doesn't really seem to be part of that other you know what i'm saying it feels like i totally agree with you there do you know what i'm saying like yeah. so i feel yep. like that's where i'm going at with the lord of the rings trilogy that it feels like it's i might have sorry rob go, i just go, go uh, no, i no, might no, have good. okay guys this could totally go haywire on me but i would like to know your this this might clear up some of our thoughts between aesthetic changes individual movies how these you're, all look, look similar but different at the same time. I was just going to show. Oh wait, Peter's like, found something. Yeah, no, I was just going to. Okay, so this scene is from the two towers. Look yeah. how dark and gray it looks. Yeah. It looks like something out of Sleepy Hollow, almost. Yeah, all yeah, right, yeah, 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 yeah. Peter, you, show that to the camera real quick. Okay, sounds good. I will do just that. One second, I'll find the image again because it just disappeared on me. Oh no worries. No, no, I got it right here. Boom. Okay. So there we go. Okay. Yeah. You yeah. See what I mean? All right, now I'm going to pull up. A little dark. Up, yeah, a little dark, but it's during the day. Now I'm going to pull up something something else. Okay, that right there is a totally different looking movie. It's like golden. But I yes. feel like it's because of the different worlds that we explore. Like the look of Gondor Good point, is, Rob. Is, a, is, the, is different from the look of well, Rivendell. But, and... that's what, but that's what I mean. Like because of, because of the situations, the locations that the characters are in, yeah, the yeah. whole film's going to look different. I understand you see what that. I mean? I understand that. I just still feel that it, it, it the Lord Two of the Rings. Two Towers feels... to me is not as fantastical as Return of the King or The Fellowship. Okay. okay. It's not. And it's I think green. that that it's has like to said. do with it's like gritty, muddy, mm-hmm. like boots on the yes. ground, war like moviness to yes. it. Yeah. Right. But at, now, any, at any point, do you guys feel like, oh, this is disconnected from these? This trilogy? No, uh, no. And that's not what I was getting. At. That's what I mean. What I'm like, I never think that they're disconnected. But what I think that Peter Jackson wanted to do was make them three standalone movies that you can watch by themselves. Yeah. Without having to like, oh, it's all just one movie. No, 
Really? I, yeah. I, I do feel there's a continuation aspect to of it. Because there the, yeah. the Fellowship, when I first watched it, I actually thought they were going to go straight to Mordor. I I, did, I forgot. Oh, wow. And they ended it just with like, Sam, I'm glad you're with me. And he's just heading to the... I'm like, wait, what the... F- what, what happened? What yeah. ha- we need the ending. You know what I mean? So... Well, even that last portion, even when they were looking at Mordor, yeah. it's a very clean, crisp a scene. Right. You know? And then when you cut back to them in the two towers, it's like gritty and dirty. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Well, it's not as terrifying as from far away. It just looks like a destination. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then it becomes um, really gritty. A spot on a yeah. map. So here's the other thing, guys. Yeah. So, oh, wait, by the way, Peter. So did you like it more than Fellowship? Less than Fellowship? Less than Ooh, Fellowship. Yeah, Fellowship's yeah, yeah, probably yeah. my favorite one. Fellowship is your favorite Out of one? all three of them. Interesting. Yes. Fellowship's probably my favorite. Very cool. Because it's more I got to tell you guys, I remember next to nothing from Return of the King except for the beginning uh-huh. that we will talk about next well, week yeah. and the end that we will talk about next week. But um, I was surprised that most of my memories came from Fellowship. Really? But as we watched and as I watched I Two Towers... That. I kept being like, oh my God, I remember yeah. this. Oh my God, I remember this. It's like I remembered moments, but not the movie. Yeah. Here's the reason why I think- uh, Which now I will remember, but what's here's that? Here's the reason why I think Fellowship stands out in your minds more. It was the first time Ooh. we were introduced to Middle Earth in yes. a big way. Yep. It was the yep. first time we ever saw yep. So everybody's first impressions are Fellowship of the Ring, right? Personally for me, the, my sense. favorite one is The Return of the King. Uh, wow. I, for for many re- reasons, but I think it's because again I see them as like a culmination of three movies. Usually, when I rewatch them every year, I watch them back to back to back, like one day each, right? Yeah. Uh, I've separated yeah. them out a little bit longer this time around, so it's 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 a different experience. But um, but I also I will say I actually it's not that I like the Fellowship the least. The Fellowship is is amazing. I I just remember that I kind of went with the journey, like. The two towers top the fellowship, and then the—that's totally fair because I remember people talking like that back in the day, being like, "You know, I'm not sure if Return of the King is my favorite or if that's just the one I'm just like at the end of the roller coaster yeah, ride right, with." And like, right. I remember liking Fellowship, but it doesn't stand out to me as much as the two towers. Yeah, exactly. you I know? will say though that I have and issues I, with the Return of the Kings endings in particular and we'll get into that <laughs> when we review yes. that. but i think i'm with you rob it's i don't know if it's the roller coaster ride or not i just got to say one thing about the two towers uh, bro helm's deep man oh bring it oh, on helm's deep yeah. helm's deep well guys. no uh, no no I'm, I'm gonna counter you the opening when when gandalf the gray says, okay. yeah walk okay. us through this Look, peter walk us gray. through this i am wearing gray he's wearing gray ah <laughs> when gandalf the gray says fly you fools and it cuts like like this movie picks up where Gandalf fell off of the uh, the bridge of Casa Doom, going after the Balrog. See, we all thought that he died. Like every, I knew because I know the story. I knew I read the books when I was a kid. I knew that but he did didn't you die. know when you first no, watched? I knew that he was coming back. I knew that he didn't die. Okay. Everyone was like, yeah, "Oh no, no, I, no. Knew, I knew he was coming." I back. Knew I knew he was coming back. But that, that 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 when he was falling down after the Balrog and he gets glamdering the foe hammer yes. and he starts going ape shit on the Balrog which epic bro yes. it was amazing oh god <laughs> one yeah. of my favorite openings i had totally like, forgotten how badass yeah, that right? was that is really <laughs> a way to I, start a second movie yeah. you think it's <laughs> and it is that this sort of era of like i mean maybe it's 
you know, being at home so much, or maybe it's just like not having a trilogy that has felt as epic as Lord of the Rings in some time. Uh, but like, I remember going to the movie theater and it's starting with that being like, oh shit, I remember this because I hadn't watched <laughs> right. the DVD yet of Fellowship or anything. Or maybe I'd watched it once that previous Christmas or something. But like, being like, oh shit, I am back in Lord of the Rings mode because this is familiar yes. enough of such an epic moment of the last movie I watched. And now this is what I didn't get to see. It's like almost... Like, yes, it's a tool. Yes, it's a tactic. But, like, it's so much different when you didn't get to, like, buy those and stream them directly to your yeah. TV before you could go yeah. to the movie theater. Yeah. Like, they needed a thing to, like, transport yeah. you back it to Middle really Earth. It's a, a great, great beginning. Um, I will say, by the way, guys, if you've not experienced the extended versions of these movies, I highly suggest that you guys do watch them. There's some phenomenal stuff in, especially I still, Two You know Towers. what? I still need to. Yeah, I own all three of them. So. I'm just trying to watch, watch the extended versions. Guys, we covered this last week. I might talk about things that only happened yes, in the extended versions because that's all I've put the myself down to watch. extended versions have some phenomenal things that are added into them that just give it more flavor. Like, for example, like, and I don't know why they excluded this, but uh, when they're heading to Helm's Deep, right, um, Miranda Otto's character, Eowyn, mm -hmm. right? Eowyn. Uh, she's walking with uh, Aragorn, mm -hmm. and obviously she's trying to get to know him and stuff like that. Goodness and pants. she finds out <laughs> that um, uh, he's part of the Numenorians or whatever, where it, like that he's been yes. gifted a long life. Like we find out that Aragorn's actually in his 80s. I thought it was like... No, no, he's yeah. in his 80s. I thought so, it was like 300 something years No, ago. no, no. He could live up to like 300, okay. but like he's in his 80s. But he's 87, he's 87 I believe, exactly. in this. He like, knew Theoden. Yeah. He knew yes. Theoden when, when he was a kid, when he was a boy. Yeah. So Aragorn like doesn't age quickly, like ages over time. So I thought that was a tidbit that should never have been cut from the originals. I agree. Yeah, I did not remember that, and that this explains right. why. But well, that's why Theoden God. looked at him and was all like, "Wait, wait, 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 wait! You're not dead yet." <laughs> uh -huh. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. How are the you still around? Is that he is supposed to be a king that resides over the land for a long time because he's a benevolent, good king. Like he comes from yep. a bloodline of of big kings like Elendil and Isildur, who unfortunately fell to the ring. Uh, but, uh, mm -hmm. but yeah, those little tidbits are great. So I highly encourage that we watch those at some point. Oh, I definitely want to definitely. Yeah. I was trying to talk about this a little bit earlier, but, uh, obviously we get swept up by the power of the one ring when talking on this podcast. And, uh, how do we compare this? And we can talk two towers specifically, but this trilogy, I think it's open for discussion to talk against the original Star Wars trilogy. Oh, big time. Okay. And I felt like the sequels or the second ones in the trilogy are, are sometimes the most epic or have the most action sequences. And right. I think if we're going to talk Star Wars versus Lord of the Rings, it's got to be in our second episode. Um, okay. because we got to okay. bring the heat and I'm looking at the time. I know we could talk for hours on this, Peter but is gathering his thoughts Two towers <laughs> to empire. I, I mean, it feels like a math equation. They're both amazing. <laughs> They're all amazing, but it's like really 
One doesn't have to win here, but do they go through the same formulas? Do you think? Um, do you think they work through the same system? Well, here this goes back to us comparing the movies, The Fellowship and The Two Towers. The Two Towers, just based visually, is a darker movie. It really, it, it's it's a lot grayer. There's a lot more, you know, more hardship going There's on. And and of course, the palette is just dark. It's a lot yeah. darker than the other yeah. than the other one. Uh, the other two, actually. Um, for me, Empire has a resolution and you find something out about the protagonist with the two towers and they just defeat Saruman and that's it. You know, there's it's not kind much. of a pretty epic defeat, a though. Pretty yeah. epic yeah. defeat, but it's like. That's probably one of my favorite moments in that movie when, when Gandalf, Gandalf takes the, yeah, and you hear this music that's this woman singing out in this and it's this haunting tone. The first light of the fifth day. Yeah, it is. I'm getting chills just <laughs> thinking about it right now because that moment, like I had the soundtrack to that mo- to this to all three movies, and I would re- put that on repeat as I was riding the oh, ride. Oh hell yeah! Like, it was something amazing. So something that actually, like, I thought about when I was rewatching it is how did Saruman start possessing Theoden? And did nobody realize that he was just like getting old at an accelerated rate? Well, I think they uh, knew that he had been falling sickly. I think that was the thing they thought. Yeah, but he just got old fast. And I was a little curious about this, too. And I tried to do some quick Googling while watching the movie because it, this is one of those things where I wasn't sure if I glazed over it or just didn't know something like. I think it was a little bit more heightened in the movie rather than the book about possession and like taking over someone. Whereas, and please correct me if I'm wrong, anyone, because I haven't actually read these. Where in the book, it feels like it was more like susceptible to worm tongue, a.k.a. Charles Lee Ray, a.k.a. (laughs) Chucky. Chucky. Yeah. (laughs) Brad Dourif there. Um so I think we had to go with a little bit of movie magic if my memory is correct. I think I think so. I mean, there's there's widely different things in the movies from the books. Like like they they of are course, very sure. different, um, and they did primarily focus on action in the two towers as opposed to certain developments. But here's another thing about this movie, and and it also happened to me with Fellowship because it was sort of a it was kind of a it was a sort of an emotional moment for me, actually, when I started because oh. I rewatch these movies every year. But I, I started to notice for the first time that these movies feel slightly dated now. You know what I mean? Like, like, and that's the first time this has happened to me because who are you, are you, are you talking about this? No, because the thing was that <laughs> look, one of the first, <laughs> the, one of the first animated successful creatures was Jar Jar Binks, right? That's the rest, but, but then but came nice. Gollum, Whoa. and Gollum did. Dude, that's pretty good. Oh, thank you, <laughs> dude. I think we got a promo cooking yes. right now, guys. <laughs> but, but no, I'm Gollum, not gonna be. I'm not gonna be. Gollum, <laughs> Gollum was cutting edge and he looks phenomenal yeah. i mean it still holds he up does, and yeah. obviously andy circus's performance is really great and it shines through this digital character but when i saw Gollum for the first time i i, I like there were moments where he, even i would look at his skin tones and i was like they yeah. nailed it like they they I did really such a good did. job i'm gonna do the rest of the review like this precious yeah. okay <laughs> <laughs> but but I do feel and you know they are shot on film you know most movies now are shot on digital 4K 6K that kind of thing. so they have a different 
um, aesthetic look in general, even if you're going dark or whatever, like the, 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 the digital aspect of film has changed, right? So the grain, the textures, yeah. everything like of, of, of film language has changed. But when I see them now, like I can, you know, I start to see a little bit of the strings and the mirrors and the smoke uh, in the visual effects now. And, and that hit me like a ton of bricks because when I remember seeing these movies, like obviously, you know, what's a visual effect and what's not, if you're in that industry, especially, but I always thought like they were so cutting edge. Now I'm like, Oh, seamless. Uh, I can see yeah. where they composited. I can see where the bigotures were used. I get like, 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 like in the, like in the 10,000 Orokai. Yes. The 10,000. I can see some of the, I can see some of the digital. You can see where soldiers. they used massive, you know, the crowds. Yeah, they yeah. made a software called massive for that. You can see some of it. You can see where, you know, when Legolas is like sliding down, shooting arrows, you can see that it's a digital character. And mm. you can know this that in a lot of movies now, but it stood out more than usual for me. And I'm like, wow, it's, uh, it's maybe a testament that's, to the time. Maybe now. that's because you've created a couple of movies and now you're like, hmm. Well, because you know, I don't notice, like, <laughs> I notice certain things, but I noticed them back in the day when this thing came, yeah. first came out. Yeah. You know, I, th- I noticed that. Yeah. This time around, well, I know I was I, I uh, certain things that you're pointing out. It's weird. It's just for me. I even said it to my girlfriend as we were watching them. I I, I was like, ah, you know, like I love these movies so much, but they're they're starting to feel older for me now. Really, like they are. Like it, hmm. it you know, it pitted against the movies of today. You know, but what I love about them mm-hmm. is that they do have a dated look where it's still grounded in realism, as opposed to a CG fest. True. Well, it's kind of like when we were talking about Peter's favorite film, Superman 2. <laughs> um, when uh, Zod and his cronies go head to Planet Houston and Planet Houston. kick up some shit. Yeah, they, they kick up some shit and it's all practical effects with their like air breath and fire laser vision and what are you stuff. Talking about? That was all real. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well. Uh, but it is like you can see where they had to do what they could do for the technology at the time. But like it was also just kind of fun because you see a dude puff off his cheeks and blow and then a big old Cadillac falls down, a, you know, the crater on the street. Yeah. And uh Super simple of its time, but uh, lives for the movie itself. Go. So quick, we'll put it there. A bit of information, though, which I thought I think I mentioned this in the last episode, right? Where uh, Peter Jackson said that he wanted he watched Braveheart religiously, and oh yeah, you yeah, were talking about that. To the crew. And and I will say that the battle sequence still the battle sequences still hold up for me. Like they still oh, feel yeah. great. They still feel real. I'm talking oh, more about certain thing, elements of the movie that now are starting to look a little dated for me because I'm used to seeing a different representation of visual effects okay. that sometimes will look extremely real. So uh, to me, it's like, wow, uh, it, it just I guess it's more so for me. It's like it has been almost 20 years since these movies came out. Yeah, you two know? years. It will have been 20 years. Yeah. Um, Although yeah. like, I'm not taking away anything from from the epicness of this film, Never. my actually to tell you the truth, my favorite sequence is the Helm's Deep. I can only Helm, imagine. Yes. I can only imagine what what they went through to accomplish that entire sequence. Like apparently, from what I understand, the make because I've seen the making yes. of this, they all look like raccoon. Uh, they all had raccoon eyes because they were all shooting at night. Shooting at night in rain. They in they rain. had wow. simulated rain. So it's like imagine being at night, soaked to the bone, wet and, and you're cold, exhausted. and filming battle sequences mm. in the mud and stuff. It, I mean, they went through Helm's Deep. Yeah, they did. 
They did. So you guys have have worked in film way more than me. Um, what is like a take then? Like, is it people doing thirty seconds of marching or throwing an axe and then starting it over again and doing it yeah, 30, 30, times 30 times in a row? row. Not in a row, but there's but I mean, you know, what planning I mean. and choreography with yes. those battles when you're when you're talking about multiple people wielding swords and stuff like that, like. Before they, you even start filming, yes. you got to know exactly where the cameras are going to be and what the movies movements are going to do. And they like, they'll look. go through a whole choreography. They'll take them in groups and say, okay, group one is going to be you know eight dudes that fight each other. They kind of go through these motions, and one of them dies. Right, but or they give them like kind of a set set of moves, like you know you 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 do these four moves, and then you. Die. And then they kind of group them all together, and that way, then the cameras can decide. You usually plan them out in storyboarding and stuff. But then the cam- if you know, if Peter's feeling a little bit more sure. like, oh, I actually want to get it from this angle, or whatever. They repeat the same actions, but with all the chaos and the camera movement and 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 the cutting and you know different angles and lens it changing, you get to build uh, a battle sequence. But I think Helms Deep took I don't remember I think it was something like about a month or two to film. Yeah, it, it took them a long time. Wow. Well, that that's the um, that's the danger of shooting movies back to back to back on the same set, because yeah. then you can also start getting some bloopers here and there. Well, yes, <laughs> this movie that's just not a bloopers. There's one in particular that uh, I always I see. Yeah, I don't I know if you caught un- this one, Rob. I can't unsee it. So, did we talk? So, I t- well, you know, I mean, you got to tell me now. Hands you know. surround Legolas, Aragorn, and um, Gimli with the spears, right? And Eomir shows up and talks to them, right? Yes. And he gets up on his horse and he's like, "Look for your friends, yep. uh, but do not give to hope or whatever." And he, like rides off. His freaking sword falls right out of the scabbard. Like you see it, like tilt and like fall, <laughs> and he just keeps no. ri- going and he just rides off. And it's like, did nobody notice? the like the the fucking sword no fall one? out of him like like we couldn't use another take and on top of that like it's not that it's like oh it's a blue. it's it's visually like i can't unsee it every I time i see it i'm like motherfucker lost his sword oh my god nobody cares with all of the re-edits not re-edits but like transferring this to 4k and whatnot you would think just put in the little eraser tool well, Let's they did not that have in the fellowship when they had to erase a car driving in the background uh, at one point. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, uh, I do have a fun fact about the movie, too. I'll let you guys know. When, but I want to hear one of Peter's blooper catches here because he seems to have quite a bit of these. Actually, I really don't. Oh, really? Yeah. No. Okay. That's the only blooper that I caught. Got it. Okay. Are well, there any others? Well, this is not a I blooper. Really this is not like a blooper per se, but it was something... Again, there, there's something else Mr. that I like. Vigo Mortensen improvising a situation like a badass. Uh-oh. So we talked about the fellowship when you know the guy who's playing Lurks throws the dagger at him and, and he swipes the sword and he clangs it and bam, like he. That, I know that where was, you're going. I know where you're going. So when they go to that pile of burnt carcasses of Urukai, thinking that Mary and Pippin are dead, Vigo kicks a helmet and lets out this wailing scream like ah, well you know, and he lands on his feet and you it's this very powerful moment where he feels like he failed well what in reality happened is that they did this take like 20 times and he wanted to kick the helmet towards the camera and kick that and he was missing the mark every time and on one of this he just booted it and broke his toe in the process and the scream that he lets out is actually the pain from him breaking his toe and he just turned it into performance and kept going and that's just the badassery 
of Viggo Mortensen. I love guys. it. Yes. Movie magic, God, gentlemen. Man. That's awesome. It's- I mean, <laughs> shit. What? Oh my God. So, I have oh. a couple of thoughts here. Um, and this goes back to when we were talking about um, Smeagol and Gollum. Precious and, and a little bit of a... a sp- That's scary how good you are at that. A little bit of special effects questions. questions. <laughs> Did it look better in theaters because we had a natural like fuzziness to the projectors yes. at the time? And our eyes and the distance and the big yes. screen. Do you think that's why it looked good? I, I Maybe mean, my we're... personal opinion okay. is yes. Yeah. When you start to scan in 4K, yeah. those visual Same. effects were set at 2K back in the day because you projected back in 2K uh, if you did digital projection. But even then, yes, there is a graininess to film. There's a there's a subtle milkiness to it or whatever where like you don't get that. So when you start to do 4K, those visual effects actually start to fall apart a little more because you start to see it's through true. the rendering of it. You yeah. start seeing it like it's it's, yeah. it's not so clear. It's not so crisp to the naked eye at that point. Yes, and when you crispen it up like that, it's a different resolution. Yeah. I mean, it's not. I mean, film has an amazing resolution in and of itself. So if they scan that film at two K to edit it, like they were getting pretty good stuff. But yes, no, it does make a significant difference. Yes. Okay. Well, that's that's kind of what I figured, but it's nice to like uh, know that like there's something to work on. You know, how do we make past films, even though we can make them more crisp, still look as good or evoke that? Who knows? I mean, I think there's there's a re- revolution coming, gentlemen, and it's oh, uh, at home projectors. Awesome. I own one of those, Who knows? But I have an 80s uh, show. <laughs> I was watching this, like I said, like I'm gonna agree with uh, Rob over <laughs> here. I was watching this film. On my 80 inch, and uh, yeah, it's in 4K, and I just was like looking, my wow, these some of these don't hold up anymore, you know. But that's what I mean. Yeah, that's why. This looks just like my PlayStation. These movies were a little dated because I guess I watched them in 4K. I I own them all in DVD, and on DVD they, if you pop in a DVD right now into my PlayStation, like I think the it was like three or four years ago, I rewatched them again and I popped them in on DVD, and I was like. Oh my god, this looks so bad. Like I like I guess I was so used to 4K wow. or sorry, like 1080p because it wasn't even yeah. in HD back then. Like wow. the DVD is 720, sure. you know what I mean? Like Yeah. So it's pretty it's a pretty clear-cut <laughs> difference, you know? Guys, as we, um, you know, we got like 15 minutes or so left, but like, I want to make sure that we, we really talk about our feelings on Two Towers as a sequel, you know, as a movie, as a standalone, however we want to do it. It might be a good place for final thoughts, but it's also a place for anything we haven't talked about yet, which is, I don't know, Treebeard, the Ents. There's (laughs) so much going on in this movie, gentlemen. Frodo in the ring, like what he's going through. And, or... Gollum, really, like we've mentioned well, him. My, yeah. We haven't really talked about the duality of his character. Well, it really goes to show you like where our thoughts go just we, we talking just go Lord of the Rings, to the which is interesting. <laughs> yeah, and I just want to put this out there for the audience. Just because we cover a movie once doesn't mean we're not going to have 
you know, Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, part two in three know, years. Right? Who that's knows? We might have to go over it that's again. That's very true. But uh, but yeah, so don't don't feel bad if we don't touch on something. But I I do find it incredible that like it is Helm's Deep. It is <laughs> the effects we noticed. It is Gollum. It is this, you know? It's, it's crazy, but I still yeah. love it. Well, no, I mean, like... Uh- Touching on the Ents, uh, I find that the Ents are very, very <coughs> boring. You know that uh, the voice I mean, of... I'm just... Yes, it's Gimli. It's, yeah. it, the voice John, of Treebeard John, is John, John Reese davis yep. or, Davies. Uh, yeah, so Davies. Two yeah, checks. So he does. But yeah, no, I mean, like, I was just... Uh, all of a sudden, these walking trees. I mean, it's cool, you know, but I'm just not... I was just not... Uh, Whenever, whenever that part comes on, I will admit. I, 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 sorry for any ent lovers out there, but I will admit <laughs> that I just get on my phone and start like you know looking around until the ents are gone. That's your refill yeah, moment, exactly. You know. Well, they're boring yeah. in the sense that they take a long time to say things <laughs> yeah. and shit. But um, I thought it was interesting how they uh, recorded uh, Jonathan's voice for this one. Like they basically recorded his voice and then played it back through a series of uh, wooden um, constructs so that the voice would kind of bounce around the wood and get this kind of warm, rich tone as if it no was kidding. coming from Oh, cool. And then they re-recorded it off of that. And I thought that was kind of neat. So That's awesome. That was pretty interesting. Uh, the same thing with the Balrog. They they would uh, drag cinder blocks to give it a rocky like texture and stuff like that. Wow. Um, but uh yeah can i talk can we talk Gollum a little bit guys yes. oh please Gollum, please because tacos. in my opinion Sneakle. the star of this movie is Gollum. this yeah. is Gollum's story in my opinion this yeah. is the Gollum movie because he is the one that is conflicted to carry the burden like he is saying okay he there's a side of him because he's schizophrenic sort of right there's yep. a side of him that wants mm-hmm. the ring, but there's a side of him that wants to be Smeagol again and help. But is he doing it for the... And he's the most conflicted character of all. And I think that, in my opinion, he is the kind of main character of this story. He is kind of the one that's going yeah. in the order and leading them in. Sleeper. Yes. So, I don't know. What do you guys think? Um, yeah, I would, I would say that <laughs> he's one of the main characters in this. I think that this as much as we talk about Helm's Deep and, you know, all the action stuff that goes on with Aragorn and, and defending Rohan, I think that this is, uh, I, I will agree with you on, it is Schmeagel's journey. We do find out a lot about Gollum. He's not just like, oh, he was possessed by the ring. He's actually a person. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. but I, I do think that it also has a lot to do with Frodo because Frodo, he sees himself as becoming Gollum. And he even mentions it to Sam. Yeah. He says, you know, I, I, I still think he there's, him. yeah, he pities him. He, he thinks that he has to know that he has to come back. He has to find out if he can come back because otherwise he's in danger. Frodo's in danger. But that's what I mean. It's like, I think that Frodo's decision ultimately comes from, we're looking at this from Gollum's perspective that he felt. And now this character fears that and he almost wants redemption because he doesn't want to end up like Gollum. But mm-hmm. we're seeing it all from a Gollum's point of view. So I think that for me personally, like I thought the duality and the complexity of Gollum is what really made at least the character and the story moments shine for me. Like, yes, I love Helm's Deep and yes, I love the whole 
uh, Aragorn storyline and Rohan and all that conflict is great. But to me, the most interesting points, I guess, in the story were Gollum's moments with Sam and Frodo. I was very conflicted because yeah. I like Sam a whole lot. And you are always on Frodo's side. And so when Frodo starts pitying or understanding Smeagol in this movie, and then Sam is like, don't you see? Don't you understand what's going on? It's like, it really pulls you apart as a viewer, at least from my perspective, which I felt was a really good thing to do in this movie, considering those aren't the high points of the movie. Those are the continuing the story and getting this perspective, you know. Um, Helm's Deep is such an epic point that whenever we get pulled back to Frodo and Smeagol, it's like yes, our brain has to function in a different way to even understand this trio and this sea story even, you know? But don't you feel like a like I felt very emotional watching God because you this is the first time you see the evil of Mordor take its toll on someone you yeah. pity, but at the same time you're you're kind of rooting for and rooting against because you know I remember I used to watch this with a uh, my old uh, I had an ex girlfriend that like when we used to watch when I used to watch them she tuned in and. She used to think that it was like the cutest thing in the world when Gollum is looking at himself in the water and he's like, She must eat. Or she gets his filthy oxes. And that doesn't taste very nice, does it, precious? She thought it was like he was like the most adorable thing ever. Here's this like disgusting looking <laughs> creature, but but there was a humanity and a childlikeness to him. Sure. That you were all of a sudden seeing like this this poor creature has gone through absolute hell but he's also this horrible lunatic you know what i mean like so it's like it's yeah. like it's like whoa like this is this this to me is where i wanted to know more because you see eventually what could happen to frodo like you said peter so i don't know i thought it was i thought it was to me he's kind of the main character and he was the most interesting uh aspect of the overall story arc uh and where hmm. it was going for sure which really um Brings us in at the beginning of Return of the King, but we'll talk more about that next week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, we'll talk about more about <laughs> I do think, like, I think it was a really, I think it was a smart move, and I think it was the right move to do the A-B, like, essentially over-the-shoulder conversation between Gollum and Smeagol. Oh, yeah. Um, situation. I remember sitting in the theater at the time and just being like, wait, am I that far off i don't know anything about this series like i this is the same person right like him yeah. talking to he's himself. literally talking to himself yeah but yeah. like just the way it's shot too breaks the comfortableness of what you mm -hmm. know on how you shoot one person right here's a cool like, question for you guys yeah. here's a cool question do you think that's sauron talking through Gollum? Or is it him oh. just deranged? Well, just keep in mind that this creature's been alive for 500, 560 years. And how many of those were, was he tortured and corrupted yeah, by the Yeah, he was tortured and corrupted, but he's not... How do I put this? But Sauron how many of those was, years, though? But Sauron wasn't around. He was still in hiding until about, you know, until Bilbo found the ring. So the ring is its own entity. Okay. You know, I'm sorry, I have a quick to, question, guys. Yeah. Is there a Cliff's Notes to 
from the beginning of Middle Earth. Yeah, the Cimmerillion. Okay, okay. So I will Google that because I we're, it feels like it begins with the forging of the rings, but there's so much even before there's that. A lot, there's, yeah, a there's a lot, lot more. Yeah. But you know what's going to touch on it a lot is the Amazon series is going to... That's right. That that's right. You said that. Okay. Yeah. I'm very excited about this. Yes. Okay. But, anyway, but, sorry. But yeah, keep no, the, going. the ring is its own entity. The ring, the ring poisoned Gollum's mind. It wasn't okay. actually... I mean, Sauron has his life force in there. Yeah. So, so do you think I it's mean, the, it's ring like the ring talking is through one of the same? Sure, maybe. I don't know. I know. I know. I it's mean, just, but, an but, think, but think about it. If you were stuck in a dark cave for seven, for 500, 600 years, would you go a little mad and get a little schizophrenic? Oh, I mean, absolutely. We all but go I think a little it's mad also, sometimes. <laughs> he, he physically changed. I mean, all, all of it. I mean, like he, he wasn't. Of course he physically changes. He's 500 years old. His skin's got to be falling off at this point. You yeah, know? but the ring he only got gives like them three teeth. Life. Remember the 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 ring also gives to them un, unnatural long, long life. life. Because yeah, remember Bilbo, as soon as he let go of the ring, he aged immediately. He was yeah. like, that oh. is one thing I did want to talk about. I forgot to bring that up last week. I was yes. like, I get it. They didn't have to spell it out for me. Like the movie language communicated it without right. it being. <clears throat> heavy-handed and i love right. that because you see him in rivendell and it's supposed to be weeks later and all of a sudden he's like an old man dude, yeah you know? like yeah super old, so. wow yeah oh man guys okay we got to start wrapping things up how could we it's a oh, ring we, there's I could keep on talking about this all day so hard <laughs> it's so hard but i will say i'm excited to rewatch return of the king i yes. need to Same. see some eagles I need to know how <laughs> this thing ends. Um, and also, I got to see if that elf premonition is true or false. You know, what what's going to happen? Which well, one? When, Elrond, Elrond's premonition? Yes. Yes. Well, see, With a dead about, Aragorn. The thing about Elrond is he's like such a doomer. You know what I mean? He's he, like, he's. He looks at okay, things, Doomer. Like, even yeah, exactly. <laughs> even, <of> Boomer. <laughs> he, no, he literally yeah. said like he's all like you know. Even if they win against Sauron, everything is going to go bad anyway, so it doesn't matter. So you got to leave. Comes, I think that he comes from the perspectives like elves again are these magical angelic creatures, and he's been around for five thousand years or something, yeah. and he's just witnessed so much death and corruption. Yes, yeah. that I kind of feel like he's not the optimist, but Arwen is, and that's why Arwen is so willing to give up her immortality for Aragorn. By the way, that sequence with that music, I mean, like, it's but she's not so gonna, greatly, it's amazing. She's not going to give up her immortality, though. How is she going to give up her immortality? She does. That's that's exactly what she does. When she's, she gave her, when she gave Aragorn the, the even star pendant, she yeah. is giving up her literal immortality to be with, with but even, Aragorn. But she's not giving up Whoa. her immortality. She's still going to live on. She'll live for long, but she'll actually wither and die. The yeah, elves have to move. But- to a different land to continue their immortality. Eventually, she'll die, but yes. it's like she'll live way longer than he correct, will. Correct, correct. You know? Correct. And that's why he's all Whoa. like, you know, you should just leave because there's no hope here anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and Even that's though, why Elrond is leaving. Yeah. No, he doesn't. He doesn't leave. He sends her away, but he can't, he can't, uh, he wants to see this thing through. But he, but yeah, but he said his people are leaving the shores. His people, but not him. I thought he was leaving too. No. Mm-mm. He stayed behind. He wanted his daughter to go but he's gonna try and help out as much as he can but he'll leave eventually and the orcs used to be elves correct yeah yeah 
There's so much going on here. The Orokai are like orcs mixed with goblin men. Right? Yeah, they're, they're developed. They were like bred. They're, bre- but yes. they're cloning these orcs and, and mixing Whoa. them with the DNA of God. Saruman did And this. so was Sa- Sauron used to be kind of like the most beautiful of the elves. Like he was like this. He was like a celestial, basically. S- Genesis, anyone? Lucifer? Yes. And, uh, and he fell to Morgoth, the first Dark Lord. Well, right. Morgoth is the embodiment of uh, pride and envy and all right. the all the deadly right. sins. Right. So basically, it's, it's like if Saruman and Sauron were playing a football game, <laughs> Morgoth would be the uh, stadium that they played on. So there's like these celestials, yeah. right? So basically, like the wizards, right? Like like uh, Saruman and Gandalf, they were basically on the same level of Sauron. Like they they they. Okay. Any could, one of them could have same as Galadriel. She could have been a Sauron. Oh, as wow! Well. They yep. were all these big entities of Watchers in Middle Earth. They all had their different power. And then, but like the uh, Sauron was the one that fell, and then because of his evil and his malice, he created the rings. He became even more powerful because he could enslave anybody who had a ring of power that responded. They were all controlled by the One Ring. Both Galadriel and Gandalf have rings of power. Yes. Whoa! No. Wait, Gandalf okay. too? Well, I, know I have Gandalf asked has for one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he has. But that's one. why he comes back as Gandalf the White. Oh my God! This is a little much. I need to read these books, gents. I think this is what it's coming to. <laughs> they're they're uh, they're a heavy read. Let's just put it that way. Yes. Yeah. Well, it is time to start wrapping up. Let's uh let's give our closing. Closing thoughts on the two towers. I'll start, if that's That's okay, just to get the ball rolling here. Um, Guys, this is one that I remembered more as an epic. I didn't remember as many details, you know, going on 20 years since the last time I watched this. But boy, did I love it. And even watching the extended version, I flew through this thing. I actually had to say, like, I need to pause so I can actually, like, collect my thoughts and pick this movie up the next day. Just because it was so epic, damn near four hours long on this extended edition, and just wanted to bring the heat. I still don't know the names of half of anything that's going (laughs) on, even after our discussion today, but loved it. Had so much fun, and I cannot believe that it has taken this long for any of us to bring up this quote in today's episode. Looks like meat's back on the menu, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm sure is in the book. Um, and oh, I am I love that such a fan. I don't, this movie could have been half as good as it is, but keeping that line in there Keeps it at my top of Absolutely. Lord of the Rings well, right orcs, now. The orcs Fantastic are in this movie, by the way. Yes. The orcs in this movie, just they feel scary. Yeah, they do. yes, that's what's cool about them. Yeah. Even the orcs, the new Urukai, look, look very differently dark. You know, and that yep. new armor that they have is really impressive. It's different from the the orcs that we met in Fellowship, but sure. I don't know, man. Cl- closing remarks for me is just. I go with the roller coaster of the Lord of the Rings and each movie tops the next. And I am blown away by how beautiful these movies are and how amazing. They are. I just, I just love them, man. So for me, two towers is my empire strikes back. of the Lord of the Rings. Trilogy, so. Hell yeah. 
Uh, one of my favorite aspects about this movie is that it doesn't look like the others and it's more <laughs> grounded in realism. That's one of the reasons why I, I like it. There's no fantastical beasts or, you know, it's, it's just, it's literally like you said, Rob, a war movie. So that's what I took with it. Oh, and I have one, one small criticism, actually. One thing that I actually did not like. Bring it on. I did not like the wargs in this movie. And they're explained yeah. that they're supposed to be different types of wargs, but they look more like hyenas than wolves. Like, like oh, and they're supposed yeah. to be wolf-like creatures, but I guess they tried to ground them in a more realistic kind of sudden thing. Anyway, they kind of corrected that when they did the Hobbit movies. They actually made them look more wolf-like, and they said, well, those are wargs from a different region, and that's why they yeah. look more But at sure. the end of the day... They still look cool, but I just remember reading the books and going like, oh, I want to see some wargs. And then I was like, ah, these look like hyena looking things. <laughs> I wasn't really happy. So that's my only criticism of the movie. On top of that, everything else is amazing. Guys, well, you know, we haven't had a proper announcement yet. And I think Ooh, is it time? this episode deserves a soft launch announcement. So if anything goes haywire in the meantime, audience, just know that things were great on the horizon, but it looks yes. like we're joining a network, gentlemen. Woo! Um, and uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to wait till all paperwork is submitted to say that network. But uh, people like this podcast. And you know what? I like this podcast. I like talking movies with you dudes. I like and, love uh, it. Yes, it's a favorite fucking time of the week. If you like it, audience, please go to Apple podcast and leave us that five star rating and review gentlemen rob you are like such a good reviewer like i'm obsessed with your work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no i think you are a great reviewer what's wrong babe <laughs> hi guys oh <laughs> uh, peek behind the curtain audience uh the sweetest thing promo came out if you haven't seen that sweetest thing promo well it's the sweetest thing you got to go check it out it magical really at the movies instagram account Gentlemen, yes, sir. Next week we conclude our January of the Rings. Oh, Ooh, I like that. I love that actually. The Return of the King, and yes. then we got a wild card episode after that. People know if they're jumping in season two, there's a lot to learn from season one. Yes. Uh, venture through it. Uh, the way we lived it and uh, you yeah. know that we pick three movies and then we do a fourth as a wild card so yes, uh, we maybe do. we'll bring something on fun I uh, I very much look forward to that and all the future episodes of season two guys but uh, this has been a pleasure to review Lord of the yes, Rings and Two Towers with you guys tonight yes it has alright next week yeah, next Return week. That King. Rob, take it away. Take us home <laughs> alright well for Peter Madrigal and Rob Federick I've been Rob Schulte this is Madrigal at the Movies with Rob and Rob. See you next week. Bye. Woo! Madrigal at the Movies with Rob and Rob is hosted by Peter Madrigal, Rob Federick, and Rob Schulte. The podcast is edited by me, Chris Tyler, and produced by Rob Schulte. If you're looking to support this podcast, check out the merch link in the show notes or just leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you have any suggestions for a movie you'd like us to cover, you can reach out to me on Twitter at Christos Tyler or to Rob at Rob K. Schulte. Thanks, and we'll see you again next week. Shout out.